Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast. My name is Lupna and I'm here with my amazing co-host. Woo! Gail Edwards, the personal brand disruptor in the house. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I hope you've all listened to the last episode with the amazing Jennifer Louise because she's shared some amazing success strategies for those of you that are looking to grow your business and your brand. But... On this episode, you are not going to believe the amazingness that we have for you in store. This man is a best-selling author, motivational speaker, and coach. He's building a global revolution, we love revolution, of liberated people Mm -hmm. who've gone from living a life by chance to an extraordinary life by design. Yes. People... Please help us welcome the amazing Pico Word. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I am, I am, what's that word when you are, give me that word when you are. Humbled. Humbled. That's the word. You see. I feel humbled because, you know, quite honestly, you know, I, I don't know you, both of you too well, but I know you enough to know that you are, we resonate at the same frequency, right? We yeah, are all we're here about. We just want to help and serve and make a difference. So yeah. I'm delighted to be here because I actually, all the hairs on the back of my neck and my back, and there's a lot of hairs. I figured out all the hair that was on <laughs> oh my, my head. Days. And honestly, all the hair that was once here is coming out of my ears, my nose. And all <laughs> but it's all, it's all standing up on end because I do feel very privileged as well just to to, to share time with you I, I really really do so thank you for this opportunity for us to get together and mm. hang out for a while yeah and, and thank you thank, thank you. you Pete I mean we are equally both humbled and honored and <laughs> this morning as I was preparing this morning I said to my other half my partner, I said, I cannot believe we get to hang out with Pete Cohen today. <laughs> All those years ago when I picked up that book, Lighten Up, wow. <laughs> with the yellow cover, I remember it. When I picked up that book, Lighten Up, who would have thought that we'd be here talking sushi? Yeah. This goes to show anything can happen. Well, yeah. I, you know, with, with, with you, Gail, I recently did that five-day sprint that you did, and I, I, w- I watched every day. And I oh, took wow. notes every day. And it was a really big game changer for me because oh, wow. it just made me, no, honestly, it just made me really ask a few questions about who I am and what I'm doing. And I think that those are questions we should be asking ourselves quite a lot. But yeah. it's fantastic when you're working with other people because as, as you both know, if you're working on your business or in your business, which most of us do, mm-hmm. sometimes you just need someone who's not in your business to make you step back and go, oh, hang on a second, I never thought of it like that. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I think that's what you both do brilliantly. I've seen, I've seen Lupna at work as well. Yeah. She's an absolute, like her brain just goes, blah, 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 blah. okay, have you thought of this? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. Right, let's go, let's yeah. go, let's try, go. Try working with her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I would imagine that, that could be quite challenging, but at the same time, it'd be amazing. It's because fascinating. Ideas, ideas change the world, right? And I think yeah. we come yeah. up with ideas, like you came up with this podcast. And then before you know, you had the, the balls or the desire to basically then bring it into fruition. And yeah. that's the thing that fascinates me the most is like, you got an idea and it's okay, well, could we do something with that? Could we actually yes. make it happen? Yeah. Um, and that's, True. that's why I love to be around people like you because it's, it's dangerous, <laughs> uh, but it's also exciting, <laughs> right? 
Oh, it's absolutely oh, thrilling, oh, isn't it, Lugna? Yeah, every time I've got a quick Gail on the phone, and I, I've got I've got another crazy idea. She says, "Uh oh, <laughs> uh oh," because it's like, "Okay, buckle up, Buttercup, buckle up, here it comes." <laughs> but Pete, you need each other, right? Oh, absolutely. She oh, probably yeah. grounds you, right? She, I don't oh, know. Yeah. We all we all need each other, and, and we're all connected as well. I really, mm. you know, that whole six degrees of separation stuff that everyone talks about, which I'm sure is true. You go, you go somewhere in the world, and you meet someone, and meet five, six people, and one of them would know someone who you know. Mm. I think there's something much deeper that goes on. Yeah. I think we're actually we're all somehow connected, and when we can tap into someone because we're out of curiosity we can get a sense of what that, what's important to that person, what that person needs. And we can just listen and help someone make sense of, you know, what's going up in upstairs in this, this crazy place that we all live in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, most definitely. I've, every t- I've learned about myself, for example, is because my brain can go with a lot of ideas at the same time and can go really fast. I need to talk to someone. I need someone at the other end to just listen to me. It doesn't even have to be more than that, but just listen. And every time I go off tangent, say, stop, you're, you've just gone wild now and it's getting ridiculous. And to take me back, because that's how I order my thoughts. That's how it works for me. But it has to be a very specific person. I do not take that from anyone. Uh, and not a lot of people can handle me. In that well, sense, because yeah, so they're all scared of you. That's why they are—they're all scared of her. You know, it's—it's—that's it's, it's fa- fascinating, Lubna, because <laughs> where I've seen you, I, I haven't really seen that side of you. I've actually seen the other side where you just listen. Yeah, and uh, I remember—you know—many. I'm a coach, right? My background is in, in mm. psychology, and many times, you know, the coach and the psychologist—they have big issues themselves, and they try and help everybody else as, as a kind of deflection from you know, from helping themselves and their lives can be in a mess. And there have been times where my life has been in a mess, specifically in relationships. And a couple of times in my life, I've actually gone to have counseling with my partner, go to relate. And it was fascinating because I remember the counselor was trying to explain to me some of the differences between men and women, right? Mm. That, that one of the ways men make sense of the world is by actually not, not saying very much. Whereas this is a huge generalization, whereas more women make sense of the world by talking about what they see, hear, and feel. Yeah. But we know the chromosomes of men and women are in everybody, because I think I'm more female in that department. I'm like you, Lubna. I'll talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. But my wife, she's the opposite. She's like, <laughs> she's the complete opposite. But if she says something, I will definitely listen, yeah. because I know it's probably important, right? But that's um, that curiosity, right? That yeah. That's what I love about both of you because you have this curiosity about mm. how do we make this work? And uh, I was so excited about getting to speak to both of you because this is quite unusual, right? I mean, look, let's face facts. We're human beings. Yes. But we have been brought into a world where we've made some choices. I mean, actually, Gail, you've not made the choice to be a, a black lady, right? A lady yeah. of color. I don't know. Maybe you did make that choice. Oh, I don't I'd know. Like to, I'd like to think that I did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, as the disruptor you are. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think I made the choice. To, I mean, again, it's a whole Jewish thing. You know, I say I'm Jewish. Oh, right. I, in, yeah. I went to a, I believe it or not, I went to a Catholic school. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm proud to be of that background, of that you know, my ancestry. I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of who yeah. I am. Yeah. And obviously, you know, Lubna, 
you know, you're, you're a Muslim, right? Yes. And I just think, isn't this cool that we can all come together and there's, it doesn't, we're more than that. I think we're more than that. I think you're more than who you are. I think I'm more than who I am. I think I can be anything I want to be. And I think as I, as Gail, as you know, I've contacted you this week and say, Gail, we need to talk about this. And I don't want to get emotional about it because it really got me. Yeah. This whole black lives matter thing. It's like people saying all lives matter. Yeah, they do. They do matter. Of course they matter, but let's talk about black lives matter. Because when I grew up, I had friends who came here in the 50s, right, from uh, Jamaica. And you know, fathers, they were spat out in the street. And they were treated like, they were told the streets were paved of gold, right? So Absolutely. a lot of those people came here to this country to do the jobs which often people here didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. And then you look back at that history and then you think, Okay, all those people, were, many of them were just taken from their free will, taken from Africa, taken to, to America. And you think, well, there is an impact of that. Whether we like it or not, it has an impact. And a lot of these stories that people went through, these are the stories that I want to hear. Uh, the other day, I spoke to um, the runner, my God, Derek Redmond, right? Yeah, who, gosh, 400 yes. meter runner, lovely guy. And at the end, we just started talking. I, I, at the end, we just touched on Black Lives Matter. And at the end, he said, oh, a, a, a bomb was sent to my house because he was going out with um, the, the swimmer, Sharon, the, Sharon, Sharon Davis. Davis. And I think, are you serious? I think, why don't, pe- do people know this? What's mm. the impact of that on people? And exactly. I just want more people to have the stories and just be curious around what's it like to be black? What's it like to be a Muslim? Actually, what's it like to be a human being? Be, but, yeah. You know, it's like, I just, I really hope that there's some real change that comes out of all of this. And again, I'm, I will shut up in a minute. Same with you, Lubna. <laughs> you just said before about being a Muslim. I, one of my best friends who I grew up with, a guy called Okan Ishmael, who's from, you know, he's, a, he, he was born here, right? But he's Turkish. Yeah. Turkish Cypriot. He said to me, well, I hadn't seen him for years. And he said to me, do you know what it's like? being a Muslim I went no and he started talking to me because I saw him as my like one of my best friends yeah and he said well do you not know what's happened as a consequence of 9-11 oh, yeah. people are now mm. looking at when they know that you're a Muslim and I know that they're immediately thinking terrorist you know, alert, terrorist. alert. You, yeah I mean I just you know yeah what do you think about all of this? I know we've kind of opened a, maybe a massive can of worms, but... Hey, this, is, this is our crazy idea podcast, and we are the crazy person. So whatever happens on our podcast happens mm-hmm. uh, because we just show up as who we are. So we can talk about anything. Absolutely. And, and I, I love what you were saying, um, actually, Pete, about you know just having that realisation that... Our parents, you know, I'm first generation um, black British. So my parents came here, my dad from, the, from Jamaica, my mum from Barbados. So they came from the Caribbean. And what you have to remember is that their whole upbringing in the Caribbean was British. They were taught to revere the British monarchy and, you know, the whole British empire. So for them to have been invited here, and as they were, and they were given lots of help to come here as well. To them, it really was, we're going to the land of milk and honey where the streets yeah. are paved with gold. To them, it was an amazing opportunity. To, you know, to them, they were getting a chance to live almost like in the mother country where they can bring up their children and have families and have a, a life that, that in their minds was going to be so much better 
much more rewarding than the life they had in the Caribbean because this was the this is you know the big wide world they're going into like the, almost like the leader of the free world was Great Britain even though we know very much that's not the case but you know but that's <laughs> what they thought and to come here and to have been treated the way they were treated you know we all know I don't think there's anyone of my generation that didn't grow up knowing about the you know no 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 irish no dogs no blacks signs yeah. that appeared literally everywhere so they couldn't even get the basics like housing they had to be resourceful and where they could house together and the impact of that as children yeah. as their children was phenomenal because we were told straight away from almost from the moment we could understand you've got to do better because you, if you're not if you're not going to have this experience that we're having, then you've got to work really hard, twice as hard. Because you've got to be better. You've got to be better than those white kids, you know. So we grew up with a lot of pressure, because mm. and 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 also because of that indoctrination of our parents. Don't get into trouble at school. You know, the moment you get into trouble at school, it's not. There's no reasoning. It's what did you do? You must have done something to have got in trouble because they could not quite get their heads around that we were in a, a, a systemic racist organization. Our education system, particularly then, was not geared towards supporting and educating and helping Absolutely. black children. So we had, all, we had all of that. So I'm not surprised. I mean, I'm a middle-aged woman now. I'm 54. And, you know, and to see us now get to a stage where people are just, they've just had enough. You know, my, my daughter is of a generation. She's 18. And my, they, they don't, they're not standing for it. My generation was, okay, let's try and keep our heads down as much yeah. as we can. You know, and then the other ones coming up were a little bit more bold. But this lot beneath them, no way. They're not standing for it at all. So I absolutely agree with you, Pete. It's a time. So how does that affect them? I think that's the thing I'm interested in. As an 18 year old, what is that experience like? Do you think? I mean, well, it's, yeah, what? well, it's really different because I've spoken to my daughter and you know my nieces and nephews and whatever, and for them, even though it's important to them, it's because they just don't tolerate any kind of discrimination. To them, it's like well. Why are you guys, you know, why are you guys, you older guys, still even perpetuating this? Because we don't have this. My, my daughter, you know, she's grown up in a predominantly white neighborhood. She goes to a predominantly white school. She has friends from all, literally, it's United Nations around our house sometimes. But I hear her educating her friends. <clears throat> I hear her talking and I hear her friends being keen to learn and understand and they educate her as well on their experiences yeah. and and there's no there's there's no you know there's nothing it, it, it's not even a thing to them it's just what they do whereas even though I've got a lot of white friends and friends from all over the place it wasn't until this eruption of Black Lives Matter that we've even really spoken about race mm. you know it's, it was almost like the unspoken yeah. thing <laughs> yeah. what, 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 what would you like to have happen as a result of this? What would you like the legacy of, of what's happened to be? Oh, do you know, I, for me, it's about awareness and acceptance. Oh. So I think there needs to be, people need to be aware and accept the fact that we are just different. Some of us are different, but just because we're different, it doesn't make us less mm. than. 
I would like there to be more of an acceptance and awareness even within the um, corporate business entrepreneurial world. I mean, I'm fed up, quite frankly, of going to events and um, seminars and workshops and being the only black person in the room. I'm, you know, and I'm fed up of looking at stages where nobody looks like me that's on that stage. You know, I'm Mm. fed up of being, you know, when, when I'm on that stage, I'm fed up of coming off that stage and people literally wanting to bow down and kiss my feet because it's so unusual to see someone like me on the stage and they're so grateful. That shouldn't happen either. You know, there are things that really need to change. Yeah, because it's... Sorry. You know, I, I, want, I want to know that my daughter, who's going off to university later on this year, hopefully, I want to know that she is being educated in an institution, establishment that values her because she's clever, she's good, she's funny, yeah. not because they're trying to fill a quota of black, of black children or because or that she's treated less than because she's black. So yeah. I'm really for acceptance awareness and equality across all levels you know what was so fascinating to me and again we could talk about this for hours but that <laughs> the whole if you look at where black people have had success in terms of i don't know being obviously revered it's it's sport yeah. it's music right uh, and actually when you talk about business right the, as an industry, which I didn't know that you had anything to do with, right? Which is network marketing. Mm. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of black people who are very successful because you, you can't stop it coming through, right? Exactly. You can't stop it because there's, there's something innate in, 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 in people. But I think there's something maybe even more innate in people that have struggled mm. to push beyond the struggle because human beings need to grow and express themselves. And whether we like it or not, we do live in a world that is, is, has some serious prejudice pre- prejudice prejudice towards people you know yeah i really i would love to know you know what can i do for you because i as, as you know i want to interview you i want to i want to yeah. hear your stories i want people to hear your stories and and, and then you know Lubna, i'd love to, i mean i feel like i'm taking hold of this podcast but you said, <laughs> oh, no, anything, you goes. For, you you said anything goes exactly we did we kind of set you up so go yeah, ahead no, go. <laughs> good because i want to share this you know when this yeah. is out i'm going to tell everyone you know listen to this right because <laughs> This is so important, you know. Lubna, I want to know what what's what's it like for you. I know you live in Holland, right? But being being yes. a Muslim and all of this stuff that's been going on about whether people should be wearing the, the what do they call the things the, the niqab, yeah, 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 the, so, the 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 face, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I I just think people should do what they want to do, right? But yeah. whatever feels right, you know, go for it. Yeah, but absolutely, absolutely. What, what do you think about everything we've just been what 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 mm. we've been saying? Well, I recognize a lot of it. I mean, just like, and I wrote about it in the chapter of, of, of the Law of Brand Attraction book, is I was raised by, you need if you want success, it's literally the sentence that my father said to me when I was a little girl. If you want success, work hard. And by the way, you need to work 200% because you're different. Uh, and that that was that was what was ingrained in me. And I literally worked my tail off because mm. I... It, it was ingrained that I needed to prove myself mm. to others. I that that proving, and it's been with me for quite a while. Uh, and it wasn't until um, I was given an insight into the future that I thought, "I'm not going that way. That's not happening to me. I don't want that to happen. I want to have fun while doing what I'm doing." Uh, that I thought, "Okay, there has to be a diff- uh, there has to be a different way. There has to be." So for me. 
um, 9-11 was the very first time that someone actually said, and what do you think about this? And they literally didn't use the words as a Muslim, but that's actually what they meant. And what a lot of people don't realize is we've got a, a sixth sense for sensing when you're actually interested and when you just want to want to know because you've got some assumptions in your head going around. Mm. Uh, when we can pick that up really fast in a conversation. And I've always made the distinction between if you're absolutely curious about my background, about my life experiences, I will answer any question. Yeah. I, any I just, I just think that. Again, you know, that, that whole thing, again, it's just the misunderstood. Yeah. And I think Islam is one of the most misunderstood things on earth. I, I, you know, I mean, I went to a school where we learned religious education. Yeah. We had Sikhs in schools. We had Muslims. We had, we had them all, right, growing yeah. up in northwest yeah. London. But yeah. I didn't know anything about any of that. I don't know why the Sikhs didn't cut their hair. I didn't understand any of that. No. I didn't understand the history of the people who were right next to me. I didn't know that my the black friends i had that what their parents had been through i didn't know that until i was in my 20s because no one really no one talked about it it was just no. like shut up don't talk about this yeah and get on yeah but when you look at islam and you really understand begin to understand I, what i believe it to be it's like this amazing way of moving through the world a, a code that just can bring out the best in human beings i i want to hear your interpretation of what what islam uh, means to you well islam to me means peace Islam to me means uh, be nice to your fellow human being, not even your fellow Muslim, because 80% yeah. of the Quran is about interactions between human beings. Yeah. Not even whether you have a religion or you don't, no, human beings. And it is treat another human being like you want to be treated. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's something that I find fascinating and what i also love about be who you are don't mm. try to be someone else i mean i'm wearing a hijab because i consciously chose to do so over 20 years ago it was my personal decision not because i got married and my husband forced me to do it not because my father forced me to do it because those are the the, the predispositions to why someone would do that yeah yeah no i did I researched the Islam and I chose this is what I want to do. And it's not, not, I'm not wearing it for other people. I'm wearing it for me. It means the world to me. And I, it doesn't matter that it's a symbol of oppression for someone else. I can't believe that. You know what? Actually, another thing I didn't realize what the word jihad means because people think a jihad is this war. war. If, mm. you, if you look at the origin of jihad, it, what it is is the internal struggle that one has yes. with oneself. Yes. And that was to do with, I believe, when Muslims were just like Jews, certain times and periods of their history where they were being massively suppressed. Yes. And that realization of, look, you, you can do what you want to us, but ultimately we've, we can decide what we do inside here. And yeah. The winning of a jihad, right? Is, am I yeah. right? In yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. It's about an internal struggle. Uh, the, the downside is that people have translated it into war, into struggle with someone else. But it was the internal struggle in a period of time where, uh, where there was massive backlash 
It was the beginning of, of Islam growing as a religion. And there was a lot of backlash of everything that was different and change. It was actually resistant to change. And that wow. formed itself. And it was really about, you have to struggle with yourself. Where are you at? What's your decision? Where do you want to be? What's important to you? What matters to you? So absolutely. And you know what? I've just had a massive epiphany, which is this whole thing around um, with what's going on in the world that the sto- what's happened to us has affected us, right? So yes. what's happened to Gail growing up has affected you. It affected your parents, right? And that trickles down. You know, what, what happened to my, it trickles into us. And I think one of the ways we can move on from our past is to talk about it and, and get a different sense from it. You, as you said, um, Lubna, that to me, when you said about your, what your dad said to you, I'd say, well, that's your weakness, but it's also your strength, right? The fact that, my God, you can work and get stuff done. <laughs> and if he hadn't mm-hmm. said that to you, then who knows who you who would be today. But, you know, for me, you know, I, for me, I used to have this conversation with my dad about being Jewish. I used to say to him, dad, is it, is it a religion? Is it a tribe? And we used to talk about it. For me, it's a, it's a tribal thing. Yeah. And um, my, my dad wasn't into the religious side of it really at all. And I never really related to it. But I definitely related to, if I'm in a room full of Jewish people, I kind of, you kind of know. Mm. It doesn't, <laughs> and you kind of going to get a sense. I mean, I look very Jewish as well. But to people that know Jews, plus I've got a surname of Cohen, which is yeah. a very Jewish name, Jewish which isn't name. actually, but it isn't my real name. My real name is, <laughs> my real name is Curran. When my great granddad got off the boat in 1890 from Lithuania and came to London, they asked him what his name was. He said Curran and they wrote down Cohen. So <laughs> I'm not even a Cohen, but the, 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 what, what I think is so interesting is that my mum, since my father passed away, my mum has started going to synagogue and she loves it. It's yeah. now it's all on zoom. But yeah. when you look at what Judaism is, it's, it's a very similar thing. It's just yeah. a sense of serving the world. In fact, in the Old Testament, whatever you think of the Bible, there are some brilliant stories in there. It, you know, it says the Jewish people were chosen by God to be humane. Now, make of that as what you want. But what I take from that is my role on this earth is to be humane to other people, mm-hmm. to respect other people. Absolutely. And that's what I want to do. And that's... Yeah that's one of the things I'm taking away from this time that we've spent together is I'm going to be even more humane. You know, I'm going to 10 X being humane to people. I'm loving oh, I love that. 10 X. Right? The 10 X humanity. Yeah. I love that. The 10 X humanity revolution. Love it. <laughs> All the hairs on my head. They just, <laughs> <laughs> love it. You know, my I, I, my favorite book. I'd love to know what your favorite book is, but I, I have a few apart from the Law of Brand Attraction, right? Oh, of one, of, <laughs> one of my favorite books is um, there's a few issues I have with it, which is Think and Grow Rich, because uh-huh. obviously it was based on interviewing all men, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, if the book was being rewritten, I would, you, you'd want to speak to successful people from all walks of life. But what I loved about Napoleon Hill, who wrote the book, you know, just that realization of the era of the go-getter is gone, right? He wrote about this in the 1930s. It's the go-giver. How can I serve? What can I do for you? Mm -hmm. You, both of you, are two of the most servant leaders that I have ever met. You are true Mm. entrepreneurial people. I'm not saying that to, to, you know, for brownie points. It's just so obvious to me. And um, that's what the world needs. People, 
you know, and I, I, you know, obviously I want to ask you, how can I help you? What can I do for you? Apart from when this podcast podcast goes out, let's tell everyone they yeah. need to listen to it. Yeah. And absolutely. we can hear other people's stories, stories you know? Yeah. Exactly. Yes, True. Well, you've already mentioned the Think and Grow Rich, and I've got into two editions in English and in Dutch. But another one in the same series is this one, The Science of Getting Rich yeah. by Wallace D. Wattles. That's a great book. He's Love a. It. I actually met Napoleon Hill's grandson. Oh, wow! Yeah, yeah. And it was fascinating. I met him at an event. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's incredible, right? But Napoleon Hill. He, he wasn't successful on his own. You know, it no. was uh, Clement Stone, W. Clement Stone, yep. who basically helped him. And this is the other thing I realize about success is there's always someone or yes. other people who have helped that person without doubt, you know, get somewhere to where they were going. So, and that's the whole thing, right? The second principle in the 17 principles of Think and Grow Rich is the mastermind alliance right yes. and when i i didn't get that at first i kind of hid away from that i don't know why i just didn't want to accept yeah. it that you're yeah. nothing on your own you, you're only a part of you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with and then obviously the first principle is the definiteness of purpose and i, I want to ask both of you that mm, question yes. because i want to know that. what is it that you're actually here to do you know both of you I, i'd love to know what's your purpose wow. on this whole? You know, my, my, my thing is very, very simple, to be honest, um, Pete. And even, you know, we've already mentioned the law of brand attraction. In my um, chapter, I talk about the clue is in the who. And I think that we get these clues from very, very early on as to who we are. And my thing has always been, I don't even know why, I've not gone deep enough to know why, but my thing has always been about love, you yeah. know, and having that real that real feeling of being loved, but also of loving others and yeah. extending that love to others. And it's even the reason why I do what I do. I want people to be more of themselves more of the time. Mm. They, to, to be able to love themselves enough to be able to literally stand up in their own hallelujah, as I call it, to be brave enough and courageous enough to be themselves, but to come, come at it from that place of love rather than ego and we were just talking about favorite books i mean i love everything by marianne williamson because she talks about love a lot um but funny enough one of my favorite books of all the books i've read the one that sticks with me the most that i go back to time and time again is actually the dynamic laws of prosperity by Catherine ponder and i love that book because again at the heart of it the essence of it is all about is, a, is about love but also it talks about a belief in just the way the world works you know there are laws that's just that you know we don't have to question it or we don't have to be we don't have to manipulate it it's just the way it works yeah. and so and I think once I really understood that that it's, it's, it's almost like the law of gravity. What goes up must come down. You know, th there is no other, <laughs> it's just the you, way you know, it works. You, you know, just before you said that, just before you started speaking two things, I was thinking, I love you. Just before you said that, I promise you, before <laughs> oh, you started talking about it, like, honestly, I was going, I've got so much love for this lady, right? And then you started talking about love. But then I just saw there's a head behind you. There's someone behind you in the corner, right? <laughs> He's behind you, right? That's, and I can see. They can see you. 
<laughs> only the corner. And obviously anyone who's listening to this podcast can't see that. But there's someone in the corner there who's just popping his head up a little bit. I'm thinking, first of all, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, who is that? That's the first thing. The second thing I'm thinking it's my is, love. Then I'm thinking, hang on a second. He probably can't hear what we're saying because you've no, got headphones on. But he can hear what you're saying. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I wonder what he's making out sense of what of what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably got, he's probably got his headphones on and can't even hear me anyway. <laughs> I just it just looks so odd. I'm trying to think what what is he actually doing? But it doesn't he's matter. He's working. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Look, um, no. What, what about what about you? What's your what's what's your definite? What's your purpose? What are you here to do? And what's your favourite books? Uh, well, I don't have a very specific favourite. I love books, as you can see behind me, and that's just one of my bookcases. I've got another one that's filled in the same order, um, and they're different books. I love I love reading about personal development. I've always done that. I'm fascinated by the question: Why do people what they do and keep themselves hold- held back? fascinates me why 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 and i want to understand why um i think for me the 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 biggest driver for me is um i want people to be themselves so authenticity is very important to me and to show up as themselves no matter what other people will say because the shift that i made early on in my life is I don't care what other people think of me. There are 8 billion people on the world. I'm not, I do not have the illusion that everyone's going to like me. And, and Gay could tell you there have people have been people that told her they're scared of me. They're scared of you. <laughs> and and wow. that's life. And that's life. I know I can be a lot to someone else. I can be too much energy, too much enthusiasm, too much passion. And that's fine. You do not, not the whole world needs to like me. What I really want is people to stop trying to take on another identity and just be them. You know, it's fascinating, isn't it? Because when you said that to me, I'm thinking, well, what does that say about someone who doesn't like you? How could you not like you? Exactly. <laughs> you're interested in is who you are. So you're the most. You're one of the most curious people I've ever met. This is very curious. And it means like, you're just like so curious about everything. And then all you want to do is give solutions uh, and help people. And it's like, how yeah. could you not like someone like that? But that's okay. It's none of our business, really. Why anyone would or wouldn't like someone when all you want to do is serve. But um, yeah, no. I, I'm, 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 I think the biggest takeaway from all of this is let's 10x humanity. Let, let's yeah. Let, let's be more humane and let's encourage other people to be uh, humane. You know, when you were talking about authors, uh, Brene Brown. Um, I'm not love, sure which love her. But the, the one about lead. The, the dare to lead. The, the wilderness. Yeah, dare to lead. Oh, that's my favorite one. No, the, I, what was the one before that about the wilderness? Um, oh, brave. Is it brave? I, I, isn't it I called just, brave? It's just brave, it's brave. isn't it? Is it it's brave? It's called brave, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, I just, I like when, you know, she talks about, uh, I was talking about this the other day, actually, um, but about vulnerability, you know, yeah. that we, we don't want to show, yeah. especially men, but any, most people don't want to show the fact that they're weak. But, um, uh, Gail, I was talking, um, I don't know what you think of Oprah. See, I'm saying that to you because you're black and she's black. Yeah, but really, yeah. I'm asking both of you. I yeah. just love, I love Oprah. I started watching her in the 80s. Yeah, yeah same. You know? oh, you know? oh, believe me, if, if I can get on, if we can get on Oprah's couch. Oh, 
Tom, what's his name? Tom Cruise. He's got nothing on us. <laughs> yeah. He's got nothing on us. Well, but it's funny yeah. you, you say that because there's a, been a real um, shift regarding Oprah in recent years. And my allegiance, if you like, to Oprah remains the same. I respect her on so many levels for so many different reasons. You know, she, and yes, I do identify with her as being a black woman, but she's also a very successful black woman on her terms. Yeah. Okay. She was very clever, very strategic in how she came to be so um, financially successful as well. You know, and especially at a time when, as a community, we weren't really being recognized for our fiscal intelligence, let's put it that way. And Oprah came and blew that myth completely out of the water. So I have a lot of respect for her. And whilst I appreciate that, you know, people are questioning who she associates with and what she's doing, that's none of my business. You know, it's very similar to, as you were saying just now, Pete, it's none of our business whether people like us or not, because that's, that's, that's their issue. They, you know, that they have to deal with in whichever way they can. But I, I, I still see Oprah, Michelle Obama as being um, role models for me and for my daughter. You know, I don't think we ever stop learning and we don't, and we certainly don't ever stop modeling either, you know, in personal development, we talk about modeling all the time and I still model myself and my ideas, if you like, on how Michelle Obama, how, um, um, Oprah, how even the Duchess of Sussex, so anyone that knows me that listens to this podcast (laughs) know that I am a massive supporter of Meghan Markle, you know, how, how these women carry themselves in the face of adversity because they've yeah. not had it easy. They, you no, know. no. I, I think Oprah, for me, what I loved, I loved about her, she just opened my eyes yeah. because she introduced me to Gary Gray, who wrote Men yeah. Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, introduced me to Dr. Phil, who I learned a lot from. I love Dr. Mm-hmm. Phil, what he says. People do what they do until they know better. And until sometimes they know, they know better, they do better. And I thought, really, do they? And, then I, and a woman called Caroline Mays, who was a medical intuitive, yes. Louise Hay, all Caroline of these people. Mays, gosh, I've got her book. Gosh, yeah. yeah that is such an amazing book. And she just yeah. introduced me to, people used to think I'm crazy. They said, why are you watching Oprah? I think you want to watch this. It's amazing. Yeah, no, she was, re- but you're right. She was so, she was a real educator long before, yeah. you know, the, it, it was normal to do that and we all learned lots and lots from Oprah and it's funny that you uh, remember that that phrase from Dr. Phil um, Pete because you know one of the things I remember that I would say was a real pivotal moment for me in my whole journey of um, self-development and being an entrepreneur was actually something that you said many many years ago possibly about 15 years ago and I mean, it's common now, but you were the first person I, hear, I heard say, if you keep doing what you've always done, yeah. you're going to get what you've, what you've always got. And that for me was a real light bulb, light bulb moment. And I know we've spoken a lot about our experiences now, but I just want to touch a little bit on Pete the man, you know, the real Pete Cohen. Okay. Yeah. You, mentioned, you mentioned that you grew up in Northwest London. Yeah. So did I. Where? So I started my journey off in um, Wilsdon, hmm. and um, <laughs> where my grandma used to live. But oh, anyway. really? And, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I grew up. We moved to Edgware, which is where my mum still lives. Yeah. Okay. Again, 
very Jewish area. So yeah. I had a lot of Jewish friends, Ed- Edgeware, Golders Green, you know, around that area. So um, you mentioned that you went to a Catholic school, though. Yeah. And I'm really fascinated by what that has done to your psyche. How's that helped to develop? What's the impact of that has been on your well, psyche? Well, so I'm, I'm so lucky, right? I, I attribute so much of my success in my life to my parents, right? So my dad always said, son, it's not what you know, it's who you know, right? So again, I'm getting emotional again because mm. he's not here anymore. But no. that whole thing of, he, he trained me so well because I can't help myself. I talk to you, I've got to get to know you because I think he told me, you know, that's what he told me. It's not what you know, it's who you know. So I need to know more people, right? And my mum my has always told me there's an answer to everything. And she didn't tell me that, she showed me that. So I went to school in Hampstead. I went to a pre- private school, which I was very fortunate. But my mum worked at the school. My dad taught sport at the school. I actually hated the school. It was a Catholic school, but there were a lot of people that weren't Catholic who went to the school. It was just a very good school, but I, I didn't like it. And then because I was very dyslexic, I, I never would have passed common entrance. My parents wouldn't have been able to afford for me. My dad lost his business. They never would have afforded me to go to, you know, one of these proper like UCS City of London. These, I, I wouldn't have wanted to go to those schools. So I went to a comprehensive school in Finchley called Christ College, which again, yeah. I absolutely hated. It was just a complete waste of time. I just, I, all I learned was to be hugely insecure and... Um, but you know, I, I am who I am because of those two major lessons that, uh, my, my parents told me, and I've always been able to find solutions for people. Um, but that was, I think as you both know, that was massively tested when my wife, when my wife was diagnosed with a brain tumor nine years ago and given 18 months to live, you know, um, and she's alive and well today because we looked outside the box and I suppose if we're looking for. You know, I want people to take things away from this. Yeah. Like you said just before, Gail, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what we've always got. Well, look outside the box then. Yeah. You know, because exactly. in that box, you've only got what you've done before. Either use it differently or go and look it over there. Because there are three things we're told growing up that really messes up is don't talk to strangers, money doesn't grow on trees, and don't copy. <laughs> oh, right? oh, my gosh. Right? Oh, that is so true. I, 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 want, I'm, I want to talk to everyone, but I know why we were told that. We should be talking to everybody. Yeah. That's how we break this all down. We talk to everybody. Hey, how are you? What, can I help you? Do you need anything? <laughs> right? And then money, do, money doesn't grow on... Money grows anywhere you want it to grow. That's one of the reasons people have a problem with Jews, right? Jewish people. You know that because mm. Jewish people are a nomadic tribe. So we've always had to just basically move around all over the place. And our commodity, we didn't settle anywhere, so we didn't have sugar, we didn't have rice. We just made, we had money. Well, we found money, then we made money by, by lending it and then making it and, and then distributing it. Anyway, that's another aside. But there's money everywhere <laughs> if you have a money mentality, mm, yeah. you know, and especially if you want to serve, right? It's not an easy game to play, but there is because you've got to change the way you think. And the other thing is you don't have to reinvent the wheel, you know, copy, find successful mm. people and and copy what they've done. I didn't learn that at school. I've learned that from being around, being around, well, the, the hypnotized, the hypnosis that my dad gave me. I just know so many people yeah. like you two, right? I bet you know so many people, right? <laughs> I'd love to see Gail's uh, 
phone book. I bet she goes, oh, gosh. Yeah, I'll just make that call, yeah? <laughs> yeah it's a little bit like that. Oh, I can't definitely. even deny most that. <laughs> yeah, so, Pete, this is the Entrepreneur Sushi Club. So, we're going to talk sushi. We got to talk to the sushi. We We've to got, I've got, and I've got a phone, I've got a call in eight minutes. So yeah, that's we, why. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about how did you come to, how were you introduced to sushi and what's your favorite? And what was the last time you had sushi? Okay. Um, a couple of days ago, I bought some for my, for my wife. My wife just had to have a, a little, a little, what do you call it? One of those medical things you know and she's fine but afterwards i thought you know what let's give her what she loves and she loves sushi oh, wow that's good <laughs> but, to know <laughs> yeah but I, I i i grew up not liking anything that wasn't mcdonald's and you know fish and chips and i didn't eat indian food until i was like in my 20s i probably didn't eat uh sushi till i was probably in my 30s but i just remember going to a a sushi restaurant where Literally, they're just constantly bringing you food and they're just putting it down and you go, wow, I get to eat this. And, and last year I went to Japan and I'd never been to Japan before. And it was like, we went to some proper Japanese restaurant oh, wow. where they just keep, we were with people from Japan and they, and you said, what's my favorite? I don't know. <laughs> I love that. I love that you don't know. I'll try anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I love you know sushi when i think of sushi i think of you know uh you know rice wrapped in with salmon and avocado and the crispy bits on the top they sell those oh, the as roll. waitros i could yeah, just the eat crunchy roll california crunchy, crunchy california roll. i love all of that <laughs> but the the relationship that the japanese people in the east have with food uh. it's not about fat carbohydrate protein it's about color it's about the elements the five mm. elements that is in all the food so you can eat loads of it you're not going to get overweight really and because it's been made by someone who wanted to make the food for you yeah so i'd say oh, I any food it's just that sharing oh you know, but the thing is we would be having exactly the same conversation the three of us right now if we actually had sushi in front of us right absolutely oh, yes. you know absolutely that's the beauty of this podcast and, and the beauty of what you guys um are doing so yeah i just love food but i love food that has color and texture and and love in it so i want to eat sushi right now and it's right only <laughs> everybody, 25 past nine and everybody says that and you know it's, it's really lovely hearing you talk about sushi like that because it's exactly the same energy as you have have you've used throughout our conversation this yeah. morning pete yeah so that love for sushi is exactly the same love that you have for humanity yeah and, yeah. and that that really juices me i must be honest i think yeah well, but again, you saying that back to me just gives me even more of an appreciation of who I am and, and what I do. You know, it's yeah, not absolutely. that I'm special. I, I'm, well, I am. I'm me, right? There's only one of me, but that's what's unique, what I want to do and want to continue to do. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for giving me the opportunity to, you know, to speak here. I can't wait to tell everyone who's in my <laughs> sphere of influence to listen to this, listen to these people, you know? In fact, the people... The, yeah, I just can't wait. I can't wait for that, you know? <laughs> so well, if anybody Pete, listening, Pete, exactly. wants to connect to you, they want to be part of your community, they want to know more about you, how can they do that? Well, first off, I, you know, listen to my podcast, you know, as well. I mean, I love, I love podcasts. So my podcast is just the, it's called the My365, MI365 podcast. I think that's a really good place to start. If people want to follow me any other way, you know, I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, 
but you know, if you want to understand my my thoughts around behavior and possibility, my podcast we've got like three hundred episodes. You know, beautiful. Um, and um, yeah, I look forward to interviewing both of you. Oh, um, this has been awesome. This has been truly, truly amazing. And absolutely. by the way, by the way, you both used that word right at the beginning. The word "amazing" comes from um, Henry VIII, Hampton Court. You're in mazes. And you know these oh. things brought us games. You came out of the maze. Guess what that was? Amazing. And what oh. we all, the three of us, want to do is we want to help people get out of the maze that they're in. Yes. Go into their own bloody maze and make sense of that. Yeah. Um, yes. And that's what you represent to me, both of you. So um, I'm hugely, hugely thankful and, and, and humbled by this time that we've spent together. Let's do it again. Let's do part oh, definitely. two. Oh, yes, most definitely. We are going to have you back. (laughs) Pete, thank you, thank you, thank you. It was amazing to have you on on our podcast. It was amazing to have this conversation. I think more more people should have this conversation in in all open honesty and openness. Um, Let's wrap this up. (laughs) Love you guys. It's a wrap. wrap. Thank you so much, Pete. I'm really looking forward to us continuing our conversations. 